There's a lot of things in this old world That just do not make sense Like why there's so few believers on the firing line While so many others sit the fence But if you want to know where the word of God stands And believe it wants to use your feet and hands It's time to take your faith out of the seats And into the streets And come along with me If you'll only look, then you will see WCNTV Well, hi, friends, and welcome to today's WCN-TV program. This is Tuesday, March 14th, 2023. Before we get started, I want to make sure everybody knows about our upcoming conference sponsored by Wisconsin Christian News. You can see the poster there on your screen, I believe. It's uh, our solemn assembly and conference going to be held in Wausau, Wisconsin, right in the center of the state. It's April 14th and 15th. And the theme of the event is the great pushback against the great reset. And we have some great speakers lined up for you. I just noticed that um, this is an old poster. Um, <laughs> we we made some changes since we sent this to you guys. But um, still all the same lineup, but we're adding, adding one speaker on Friday, Friday night. But rather than me tell you about this all over again, let's look, just watch our, we have a short two-minute video for you give you all the details. Almost. Here we go. Push the button, Jonathan. There it is. It's that red one. <laughs> There we go. Nope, oh, got to start her over. We're getting there, folks. It's, it's live TV, so we're getting there. No audio. Uh, they believe in globalism and social. Okay. They don't want to make America great again. They don't believe in America first. Uh, they believe in globalism and social. The goal and the aim is to shut down the gospel proclamation. We will stand against that evil. We will not be quiet or silent as you're about to perpetrate evil. You've got to speak up. You've got to rise up. You've got to use the position God puts you in. And he said, Who's to say you weren't born for such a time as this? And if that revival happens within us, what would it look like? What is the 
What is the outward working of the Holy Spirit in a real revival? Wisconsin Christian News Solemn Assembly and Conference, April 14th and 15th, with a special music group, MPK Band, performing Sacred Hymns of the Faith. The conference will be held at the Stony Creek Hotel and Conference Center, 1100 Imperial Avenue, Rothschild, Wisconsin. Purchase your tickets today at CoachDaveLive.com slash events. That's CoachDaveLive.com slash events. You can also call 715-486-8066 for more information. See you at the conference. God bless you. All righty. So there you have it. So please do me a favor and plan to be there. Um, order your tickets today and bring some friends with you. And, you know, bring your children and grandchildren. I always say this. If they're old enough to understand the times we're living in, they can um, um, be very influential in their circles of influence. So once they learn this knowledge, uh, they're going to get information they're not going to get anywhere else. So I encourage you to bring your children and grandchildren and... um, It'll blow their minds. So anyway, today is going to be kind of a special program because you have both me and Dr. Mike hosting the show together. And we'll be talking with John Dislin, the author of Nehemiah Strong. This is going to be kind of a sneak peek at what's in store for you at our upcoming conference. Both Dr. Mike and John will be keynote speakers there. And we'll be getting into some news stories probably. Now, I don't want to make light of this because I understand the seriousness of it, but I admit I'm a little bit behind the times here because I didn't realize it was already bank failure season. I still have my train derailment decorations up, for goodness sake. Good grief. By the way, here is a math problem for you all to ponder. If a train leaves the station headed for Ohio... now. Carefully understand this. If train leaves a station headed for Ohio going 50 miles an hour and it derails, spilling toxic chemicals, and then the officials there deliberately ignite the toxic chemicals, how long does it take politicians and the media to create a distraction? That's a puzzler for you. So anyway, I thought it was funny. Let's jump right into it. Dr. Mike and John, how are you guys doing? Well, I'm doing great, Rob. How are you, sir? Very well. Doing good. Doing Very good. well, Rob. Thank you. So it's been a while since you guys have been on here. I think uh, uh, John was here in August, and Dr. Mike is on frequently, but not with me. So it's, I think it's been a couple of years, I think, since you've been on. I, that sounds guests. about right. Yeah, that sounds so, about right, Rob. So... But um, anyway, where do you guys want to start? We have a lot to go through. Um, well, Rob, I, I think it'd be, I, I'd like to speak just for a few minutes about what's 
on my heart and what I'm really uh, excited about pressing into for the conference next month, if that's all right. That'd be great. Okay. Um, and let me, let me give a little backstory to this. I, um, when I was growing up in high school, I had uh, a circle of friends of about half a dozen, but I had two that were my very best friends and uh, named Zach and Wes and, um, and just really close, really wonderful times of fellowship together growing up and in high school and, and special enough friendships so that they lasted, you know, on into, you know, these recent years, our fifties. And, uh, one of those gentlemen, it, it, it's an interesting contrast. It's almost like a, uh, like a, a, a novel or a movie. Um, both of the gentlemen turned out to be lawyers. One took one path, one took another, and uh, unfortunately, um, one, one of those friends, uh, Wes, made some really terrible choices and wound up in prison. And, um, and uh, so I took the opportunity during that season, he was in for about three and a half years, to visit him uh, several times. And, uh, and you know, we, we, well, first of all, if you, if you want to have somebody's undivided attention and focus in a conversation, visit them in prison because there's no barking dog. There's no wife asking to take the trash out. There's no ringing phone. I mean, it's just you and them and, you know, six or seven hours. And uh, so we, ironically, we had just some of the most phenomenal fellowship, you know, we ever had uh, there in Bledsoe County, Tennessee. Um but uh, the reason I bring Wes up is that even, well, first of all, even though he made these horrific choices, even though he found himself behind bars for years and he missed so much of his life, he missed his, both his children graduating from high school and special plays and productions they were in, just amazing hardship uh, and way beyond that too, of course. But um, first of all, Wes found the Lord in prison and, you know, that being shaken down to his foundation is, I guess, what it took to, to grab Wes and, and to, to bring him to faith, bring him to Christ. So that was a lovely thing to see and, and be able to fellowship with him through that season. But um, the main reason I bring him up is that, you know, we, we were both sort of going through a season back then several years ago and, um, and, we began to exhort each other every month when we would see each other with the phrase finish strong. And, um, and so, you know, every month we'd visit five or six hours and, and at the end of it, okay, you know, remember finish strong, what are you going to do in here? Because there, there was so much, so many works he could do behind bars. Uh, think about all the, all the letters that uh, Paul wrote behind bars, for example. So anyway, um, you know, we would exhort each other. He finally got out. He was he was cleaning his life up and and moving forward. And then um, tragically, Wes died suddenly um, this past December, uh, and he was, I guess, a bit shy of his fifty seventh birthday. But mm. um, anyway, so I like to think that Wes finished strong, and in this season of affliction that we find ourselves in and, and where the enemy is coming in like a flood, like it is shared in uh, Isaiah 59, 19. Um, we're in it now, but the, the, the 
the conditions we find ourselves in do not have to dictate our response. They do not have to dictate. We don't have to allow them to dictate our attitude, our faithfulness, our uh, our boldness and courage, and our righteousness in responding appropriately and being salt and light in this season. So what I'm going to be speaking to, Rob, is a bunch of elements built around what is it going to look like for us as God's earthly host complimenting his heavenly host for us to finish strong in this season. And I'm going to have a whole lot of uh, spiritual perspectives on that, uh, obviously grounded in, in scripture, but then I'm going to have a number of practical applications uh, of that as well, because by golly, I want to be counted among those who fulfill Daniel's prophecy of a Daniel 1132 when he said, but they that do know their God shall be strong and do exploits. And he was talking about people in this season. And, and I'm convicted that I want to be in that group. And I'm hoping we can exhort a bunch of folks who show up in Wisconsin next month to do the same. Great, great. Um, I liked what you said about um, our circumstances don't have to dictate our attitudes. Um, you know, as, as Christ followers, um, we can count it all joy. It's not going to be all joyful, but we can count it all joy, right? Mm-hmm. So, Yeah, and I think that's an important distinction, Rob. It's the difference between happiness and joy. You know, it, it was really sunny here in my hometown today, and gorgeous day. It was crisp, but, but blue skies, not a chemtrail in sight. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and it, it, was, it was easy to be happy today. But uh, even if it were raining and blustery, windy and ugly, you know, I could could still have been joyful. Um, so we need to appreciate that distinction. And like Nehemiah said in Nehemiah 8.10, to very afflicted Israelites who had returned back to a broken down Jerusalem, uh, the joy of the Lord is our strength. And, and that's always available to us if we'll, if we'll receive it. Well, John, I'm going to awkwardly um, squeeze in one of my news stories here, being the news guy that I am. Okay. Um, it's about positivity. Now, this came across my desk this morning, a press release, and also a request for someone from this organization to be on this show. Um, just a heads up, they will not be on this show. But <laughs> so the so the press release came, and um, I almost deleted it without even reading it because the, the headline was so ridiculous. But I've learned that the left never ceases to amaze um, with the things they come up with. So here's the headline. Taming toxic positivity at work imperative, says expert. Did you catch that? It was, now we have to tame toxic positivity because positivity is toxic. So here's the opening line. Toxic positivity in the workplace refers to the pressure placed on employees to maintain a positive attitude, even in situations that may be challenging or difficult. I don't know about all you guys, but a positive attitude in the face of challenging or difficult situations seems like something that we should nurture and encourage. But of course, we can't have anyone feeling uncomfortable these days. 
So everyone needs a safe space where they can go and cry and look to big government as their savior, I guess. According to a study by an organization called the Science of People, haven't looked that up, 68% of people said they experienced toxic positivity from someone in the prior week. I guess there aren't enough negative things going on in the world for them because people are still too positive in their thinking these days. So anyway, that was one of my first things I wanted to squeeze in there. Toxic, we had toxic masculinity, that's old hat. Now we have toxic positivity. Mm-hmm. It's, it's crazy what they'll come up with. Well, and you know, Rob, think about what, what's the, what's the uh, you know, there's, there's, <laughs> there's a line that I was very proud to coin in Nehemiah Strong, and it says that results denote design and design connotes intent. And so I think as we, you know, I would encourage people who are trying to process what you just said, you know, what are the intentions? What are the goals of people who would craft such insanity? And, you know, I, I believe that, I believe that we're in a season where we're being we're being assaulted on every side you know it's 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 a manifestation if you will of total war and mm-hmm. and doctrine of total war you know has been around for decades the chinese are certainly uh pretty passionate believers in it and and executors of it uh against the united states particularly but um i think it goes higher than that you know i i think i think satan himself loves to assail, you know, the saints, humanity, children, families, fathers, uh, certainly believers, absolutely, um, at every turn. And I think this season that we're in, where there's there's so many people who are willing to, you know, chase after the wind, as I believe it's written in Ecclesiastes, uh, to embrace just this next um you know, the Dake Demonoia, doctrine of demons of the moment. Uh, and, and by so doing, I believe they take pleasure in assaulting reason and assaulting truth, right? Because mm-hmm. we know they, they don't understand the truth. The light came into the world and the darkness understood it not. Um, if, if, uh, if Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life, any assault on truth, would would be a source of satisfaction to them. And so I think we need to see it for what is what it is. It's an attack. Rebuke and reject the the attack and the insidious sickness that it is and find a way to to keep our eyes on our savior, to keep our eyes on the goal, which again, I, I the way I process it is is finishing strong and and uh looking forward to to one day hearing well done good and faithful servant because what we do i I said this a few months ago and i i i uh i I saw it back and and i was glad i said it um i sincerely believe that what we do in this season these coming days weeks months years maybe if we have that long if the lord tarries um i believe those righteous works that we have the courage and the metal and the faithfulness to conduct 
will echo in eternity. And I think it's imperative that we reject the fear, reject temptation, reject uh, a an urge to hunker down, to curl up in a ditch somewhere and be bold as lions, right? As scripture describes us, we're supposed to be bold as lions, as a lion. Uh, and let, let's do that. And let's deliver a good report to the Lord uh, so that we can hear, well done, good and faithful servant. I absolutely 100% agree with you, John. Dr. Mike, I'm sure you have some comments. Well, I know I just... you, you've done some extensive uh, studying and writing on on um, the wiles of the enemy. So, <laughs> Yeah, that's one way to phrase it, Rob. <laughs> yes. So what came to mind uh, when you're talking about this toxic positivity is they've just spent the last two plus years fabricating this narrative to induce everyone into a a, a kind of fear that never leaves, that just gets itself ingrained in your heart and in your mind. And of course, the we understand the reason they do that is because it's easy to control people that way. It's it's just a uh, another form of uh, psychological manipulation or control. We used to call it propaganda and brainwashing. Can I can I just interrupt you real quick? Sure. And I've said this before, but that is the purpose. That's the entire purpose of the masks. It's the masks were never meant to do anything for your health. Um, The masks were meant to remind you to be fearful. Yeah. And we still see people today running around in masks. It's widely, widely recognized as exactly that today, Rob. I think there was the secondary purpose in that and and folks that live in, in highly surveilled cities were especially um, subject to this and, and that is that I believe they used it to develop and perfect their AI technology facial recognition yep. uh, with with masks on um, and so yeah I, I can understand why they would they would want to come against toxic positivity but <laughs> it's on us it's incumbent upon us to demonstrate the joy of the lord as john rightly said regardless of our circumstances and and when people when people reference that i always like to it, it must be the uh it must be a, a character trait or something rob and john but when people cite that passage in james where count it all joy uh, I like to remind them, listen, it's not that we're joyful because all these things have come into our lives. That's not it. We're not saying, yay, I'm glad I'm sick. I'm glad. No, no, no. We understand that James was saying we have a joyful attitude because when all of these things come into our life, we understand that the purpose of those, God's purpose and intent for allowing those is to strengthen our faith. Absolutely. It caused us to be able to endure so that when when uh, tougher situations come, whether it's directed at us or someone we know and love, we're going to be able to endure it if it's us or help those who experience that through it if, if it's our friends or our family. So, And we're in those days, certainly, where every day is a new opportunity to demonstrate joy, the joy of the Lord. So I, I 
thank God for every day as a gift that he gives me that I can go out and share Christ with somebody. And I make it an, an effort to do that. That's, that's really the antidote to all this stupidity and wickedness going on today, shine the light of Christ. Yep, joy and positivity and um, courage, I would say. Mm-hmm. Things yeah. we need to um, demonstrate. Because the world is going to be looking to us and wondering what in the world is wrong with them. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, well, let me tell you what's wrong with me. So anyone in our audience have any comments or questions while we have a minute here? Just raise your little hand on the screen and we'll bring you into the show. Questions for John or Dr. Mike? Ray has a comment. Yeah, I thought you said um, beginning that you had another speaker. Who's that? Oh, yeah, we are uh, Lynn Frederick who was on the show um, two weeks ago is going to be on uh, Friday night prior to Sharam. Um, and he's going to be discussing the transgender agenda and uh, the sexual sexual sexualization of our children. So um, I just did not get him booked in time for the promotional material. So he's not on there, but, He's going to be a surprise guest, and he's going to have a lot of excellent information for you. So, anyone else? Okay. All right. Well, Dr. Mike, why don't you tell us a little bit about what your message is going to be at the conference coming up? So, the the, the Great Reset, I'm putting it within the context of of all these Babylonian fools that's what they are. They're, they're Babylonian fools thinking that their plans are going to trump or usurp what Yahweh's plans are for his creation. And, and we already know what, what God's plans are for his creation. We've got it laid out for us from Genesis to Revelation. And so the, what is intended to be a great reset is going to be overthrown and destroyed by the greater or the greatest reset. So that's the direction that I'm taking and encouraging people. You can Have you re- seen that movie, The Greatest Reset? No. There is okay. a movie by that name? Well, it's a documentary. It was put out by True News and um we were one of the producers of that movie. It's ah. called The The Greatest Reset. So, well, I'll have to uh give it a watch man. it before your speech and then you no. just yeah. <laughs> nope. That would destroy my disclaimer. My disclaimer is this is not about that movie. Okay. I haven't watched it. I don't know anything about it. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> so but, well, there you uh, go. Jonathan's right on the ball. Take some copious notes. There you go. Oh, yep. part two. Yeah. We're not involved with part two, but we did part one, which, which took two years to do, but um, wow, it's, it's worth your time. So Excellent. Well, looking forward to being up there with you, Rob. It's been, uh, last time I was there, it was 2020, a week or so before they shut everything down. It was the actual day they shut everything down, actually. Wow. Um, yeah, they, the word came down from on high at 2 o'clock in the afternoon on Friday. We're locking down for two weeks. No events. Nobody can do anything. Um, go in your house and curl up and cry. Um, but we already had 
600 chairs set up in this in the in the room we were doing <laughs> we had people from all over the country come in as speakers they were already there we had people come from all over uh, coming for the conference and we were not canceling so but that was i believe the last event last live event in the country for the entire year and probably into 21 because people weren't allowed to meet there were no live gatherings everything was virtual or online and um but that was that weekend that was our last event everything went well nobody got sick everyone had a had a wonderful time so but we had no idea what was coming on monday <laughs> so yeah that's for sure we didn't in ohio either um we made it back of course our our fellowship never never closed the doors. I told people, listen, if you're concerned, stay home and watch us online. We are not shutting the doors. The government does not have the authority to tell us anything related to our gatherings, and um, and so that's what we did. And we had a couple of weeks where attendance was down a little bit, but but after that, it picked back up. And in fact, we we actually added a number of folks. Um, to our fellowship because their churches did shut down or they mm-hmm. were after they opened up for a while, they were enforcing masks and all this stupidity. And, and I told folks, listen, if you want to wear it, go ahead, but don't, don't say you're wearing it because anybody here is telling you to. And mm-hmm. uh, we had a visitor once that wore one, but other than that, nobody, nobody played the game. And, uh, and did you have any, any repercussions from that? No. Luckily, uh-uh. or no, 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 none at all. In fact, yeah. like I said, we number of folks started attending because we didn't uh, shut down. And in fact, a group of us here in in Lima, group of pastors, got together. Um, I drafted a letter and sent it to Dewine, uh, our governor here, and uh, told him what we thought about all his edicts. And the mandates and all of these so-called orders that they didn't have the authority to issue. Um, never did get a response. That would have been good if we would have got a response because then, then I could have talked about that. But um, mm. yeah, here, here, here in my neck of the woods, we didn't, we didn't put up with that stupidity. Yeah. Yeah. Well, good for you. Good for you. Back to John. It's your turn. Yes, yeah, sir. Well, um, in terms of, you know, isn't it interesting, uh, and I don't know if you guys are familiar with the uh, the work, The Fourth Turning by Strauss and Howe that came out uh, almost prophetically about 30 years ago, and where they analyzed uh, Western hi- history, particularly American history, and, and saw this long wave, approximate 80-year cycle of uh, turnings or uh, seasons that cycled over and over and over. And, and in this fourth turning that occurred, Revolutionary War, Civil War, uh, World War II, and now the 2020s, there was this uh, consistently this, this upheaval and this cycle of dramatic um, change, typically and often bloodshed, uh, major power struggles and, and uh, changes to um, power centers and um and quasi revolutionary um uh, outcomes and um you know sure enough here we here we are in the the 2020s 
And, you know, so you, you both were just speaking about what happened during COVID. And it's almost like we're experiencing these, these cycles, these, um, these uh, uh, waves of affliction, if you will, right? So, so we're just sitting here reminiscing about <laughs> the lockdowns of 2020. And we had, you know, between, um, between Signature Bank and, and, um, and uh, Silicon Valley Bank, we to, together a, a greater failure than the failure, uh, the banking failure that triggered the great financial crisis of 2008. And so, you know, the, isn't it just uh, amazing to see? It's it's just uh, awesome's not the right word for it. I'm I'm, I'm failing the the to find just the perfect word for it. But it's it's astounding how these waves of um, calamity and troubles uh, seem to be not only uh, great in magnitude, but, but uh, there's one after another, after another. And, and, you know, we've, I don't know about all you guys, but find myself at least intellectually sort of reeling in terms of of thinking, you know, what's going to be next? How big is it going to be? What's it going to be? But, you know, what I find comforting gentlemen is and this really kind of struck me recently and it gave me a lot of peace in these recent weeks is when it dawned on me that all of these calamitous new events that are hitting the headlines and everybody's reeling and just wondering what's coming next none of this snuck up on god none of this was a surprise to god and and all of it Every little last bit of it happened within the parameters of what the restrainer is allowing to unfold in this season as the enemy comes in like a flood. And um, and so I, I really derived a great deal of comfort knowing not only on the macro level, you know, the enemy is only going to be allowed to do what he does on God's uh, schedule or time frame. But also at the micro level, when we're reminded of just how astoundingly God's provision and protection for his people. And, I, you know, time would fail us for me to go through all these examples. But all the, the examples of how God preserved his people, preserved those who were called by his name um, to to complete the works that were laid up for them from before the laying of the foundations of, of the, the world, that his will may be done, right? Th- thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And, um, and so in these recent days, as the latest calamity rolls around and, you know, the, the card that gets thrown on the table this past week was, you know, financial collapse or, or, you know, bank system collapse, which would basically be, you know, one and the same. Um, isn't it, isn't it comforting to know that God's in control, that his hand is on the wheel and that, um, that everything is going to unfold according to his purpose. And his purpose includes never leaving nor forsaking his people as we sojourn on through, through this season as those last grains pass through the hourglass uh, of the church age that we find ourselves in. 
Well said, John. Um, and, um, you know, all these things that are happening, the balloons, the train derailment, the bank collapse, um, I don't believe these things are happening organically. I mean, even even if even if the globalists um, started the wheels in motion, I, I, I still think each one of these instances is orchestrated. It's all it's all theater, um, and it's all designed to create fear. And we are not supposed to be living in fear. We are <laughs> supposed to be using the power and love and sound minds that God gave us. And um, but. That's what it's all about. It's 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 about instilling fear into the populace, and fear is a tool for compliance, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Amen to that. And just imagine, Rob, how impotent our enemies must really be that they're so reliant on our their psychological trickery, uh, undermining our foundations that we might bend a knee to them instead of bending a knee to the living God, who is really the one in control. Mm -hmm. uh, that that if we simply refuse to yield, refuse to fear, refuse to comply, refuse to to go along, and you know tacitly approve of the evil, uh, even by saying nothing, uh, approving of it. Um, what can they do? You know, what 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 can man if, if God is on our side, what can man do to us? And so if we walk um, in a dedicated manner in in that spirit, um, you know, what mountains could we move in this season? Well, you know, John, he who sits in the heavens will laugh and have them in derision. I believe the word says. Amen. Psalm two. So, yeah. So anyone else in our audience have any questions? Anytime you have a question, just raise your hand and we can, or a comment we can bring in. So I, I just want to include everyone. So nobody right now. So one of the things that is important to me for our upcoming conference is that we each each of our speakers pre present an action plan. Um, you know, today it seems like everybody's got a show, everybody's got an outlet, everybody's got a social media account of some sort, and everybody's got an opinion. Um, I think people are tired of hearing about information and so-called news and, and the latest thing, whatever that may be, people want an action plan. So Dr. Mike and John, whoever wants to go first, what's your action plans? Well, and you can revise these between now and April 14th, but. <laughs> yeah. Well, so my action plan, you know, uh, Rob, I'm a pastor, John, you probably knew that too, but. Uh, so my action plan is is the same that it has been in 25 years of pastoral ministry and 40 years of being a believer and walking with the Lord. And that is to be the light of Jesus. Always remember that the Great Commission remains the Great Commission, regardless of what's going on. Um, a lot of folks have taken very divergent paths that lead them off and away from the one thing that we're told to do. That is to go into all the nations and make disciples. The difference today 
is that it's going to be a lot messier than what it's been in the past, a lot messier. It's going to be more dangerous. It's going to be uglier. We're going to get more pushback, blowback, resistance. And that's because of all of the the things that the enemy has rolled out against us. Because listen, don't, don't ever forget this. Satan's plan for all the ages, and it's coming to fruition right now. He, he thinks it's coming to fruition. Satan's plan has always been to destroy the body of Jesus Christ, the church. That's always been the plan behind everything that's going on in our current day. It's try and pull down, destroy the church of the living God. We've got to stand against that and resist that. So any plans that we have that do not include sharing the gospel, that is the only thing that is going to break people free from the bondage that they're in and this darkness that has invaded our, really the earth. I was going to say our nation, but but the entire earth. Any plans that don't include that? I'm not saying everybody should be tasked with that, but if you're part of a ministry, an organization, and you do not have an arm or or a plank or a strategy within that overall mission, it says we got to rescue the perishing. We've got to win the loss to Christ, and here's how we're doing that. And at the same time, we've got some that are involved in things over here and addressing these. That's all well and good, but let's not forget what our main focus is because I see some ministries out there. I'm not going to name them. I'm not going to be critical of the brethren, but I think they've lost their way. They've forgotten what our mission is in this world, and they're off doing all kinds of things. And it looks on the surface to be valuable, but here's here's a newsflash for some people, Rob and, and John. This earth is going to be rehabilitated, <laughs> redone, if you will, when Christ returns and sets everything straight. Evil is going to be dealt with finally and forever God's way. Let's not forget that. Because if we think that we, the body of Christ, have been tasked with and have the ability to destroy these wicked governments and these wicked systems, well, I think you're misinformed. I'll just say that. I think you're misinformed. Apart from Christ, we can do nothing, right? Well, that's exactly right. I'm I'm just concerned about folks that think we're going to set this place straight so Christ can come back. You talk about a misguided understanding of the scriptures. Christ is going to come back and set things straight. <laughs> yeah. Not us, him. Now, in the meantime, we got to be saving souls. That's our primary mission. That's my action plan, Rob. Well, 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 well said. Pastor Mike, I really love what you said. And, and something struck me just as you were talking. I never really thought about it this way before, but... Um, Thinking back to uh, the uh, the armor of God passage in Ephesians chapter six, isn't it interesting that when it came time to incorporate the gospel in that powerful, astounding imagery of the armor of God, the gospel was was uh, manifested in that soldier of Christ's uh, shoes or sandals, right? Battle sandals shot in the preparation of peace, which is the gospel. And so, so that 
that um, that activity, that that calling, that uh, exhortation for us to share the gospel, to be bold with the gospel, it's in our shoes. It's 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 wrapped up in our activity, our boldness. It's wrapped up in where we go, who we uh, go to approach to to bring the gospel to. And I'm, I'm suddenly struck by the 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 weight of the significance of that. That it's 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 the active part of that Christian soldier's uh, body that that takes us places, that moves us forward, that 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 steps into people's lives and into uh, into you know the the marketplace of ideas and uh, dialogue and discussion. And so uh, I'm. I'm just kind of sitting here ruminating live about that, but uh, I'm really struck suddenly by the significance of that. And um, and I think I would pair that, Pastor Mike, and I, I, I love what you just said. I would pair it with a us having uh, a testimony of love. And and I I have a couple of teenage daughters that I um, I'm I'm working with in terms of them understanding the gospel and what it really looks like to be a believer in these last days. And um, and something that repeatedly comes to the surface for me and is a, an op- opportunity for teaching from time to time is 1 John 3, 18, where it says, let us love one another, not with words and speech, but with action and in truth. And, and that's always really resonated in my spirit, Pastor Mike, because I think, and and I'll go back to, you know, my friend uh, Wes, who spent three and a half of his last five and a half years in prison uh, and missed out on so much. Um, There were those of us who really made an effort to go see him. And, And my piece of that was really informed by what Jesus said when he said, when I was in prison, you visited me. And that just, that haunted me to the point where it drove me to visit him um, a number of times. And and so I think along with that eagerness and that that preparedness of of being quick to share the gospel and and the reason for our hope in these hopeless times is, is for us to be active with our love and to basically not just be be quick to share the words of the gospel, but to be quick to share the action of the gospel, you know, to to encourage people, to love people actively as a verb, as opposed to this soft feel-good thing where, oh, oh, I'll pray for you. You know, you're hungry, you know, go in peace, be with God, I'll be praying for you. No, let's let's feed people, let's give people water, let's visit people in prison, let's Let's um, let's be so bold with our testament of action that they yes. want to know what it is we know, and then we can give them a testament of words uh, that's backed up by our action, so that they'll they'll believe it and they'll receive it uh, joyfully. Amen. Amen. Yeah, appreciate that, John. That's that's a great synopsis. Everywhere we go and whatever we're involved in, let's not forget to keep Christ the main thing. Yeah, and and live it out. Speak it, speak it with our mouth, and live it out with our feet and our and our our actions for others. That's where the payoff comes in, right there, John. Living it out. Yeah, yeah. People 
people here, you know, there's all kinds of cultural uh, idioms, phrases. I, I hear you talk the talk. Let me see you walk the walk. That's that's what's really important, um, especially for people you're trying to share Christ with. They they want to see. Uh, do you really believe this that you're telling me, or or am I just a notch in your belt? Am I just something that you can say, yeah? It, or do you really actually believe this? Because if you do, that's going to look like something very, very different from what the rest of the world looks like. So living it out. Amen. Yeah. Well, the the definition of a minister is servant. And, yep. um, you know, when we serve, we are sometimes more blessed than the people we're serving. Amen. That's true. So, yeah. Yeah, it's funny you say that, Rob, because I can remember, and you know, now I all those times I visited, you know, number five seven nine seven nine two at Bledsoe County Correctional up in Tennessee. Uh, so many other people would say, "Oh, you know, isn't it so lovely how you're visiting Wes?" and and I would try and explain it to them. I got at least as much out of those visits as he did because it was just such a joy to to experience his joy of not being forgotten mm-hmm. while he was in there. Uh, I, I wouldn't. I mean, and now that he's gone, and I, you know, I'm gonna see him shortly. <laughs> but you know, now that he's gone, I would not trade, you know, one of those days for the world uh, because. You know, there are others I know who look back now and they think, oh, if only, you know, let let us not be counted amongst those, that pitiful crowd who are going to one day say, if only, if only I'd, I'd been more courageous, been, been more bold, you know, stood up for my neighbor, um, you know, witness to that man right before he went into the gulag, you know, whatever it may be. Let us not be counted amongst the folks that say, if only. Amen. Um, it's it's easy to have regrets mm. when you're fearful. Yep. So that's 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 one of the reasons I love your book, John, is because you teach people how to be courageous. Um, not courageous in our own power, but courageous in the spirit of God. So, Thank you. And, and I do lo- like the um, the two verses that you the you kind of. I mean, your book is filled with scripture, but these two were were highlighted. Isaiah fifty nine fifty nine nineteen, when the enemy shall come in like a flood, the spirit of the Lord shall raise up a standard against him. And Daniel eleven thirty two, but they that do know their God shall be strong and do exploits. So, amen. And those that know the Lord have no excuse. We are without excuse. Yeah, really. I mean, what what what's holding us back from being courageous and doing what we're told? Yeah, and, and you know, in my humble opinion, Rob, what whatever it is that might be holding us back from from boldly doing God's will in our life is the degree the the degree to which. We're sh- we're falling short in our faith walk to live justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with our God. Um, and and the closer we strive toward 
fulfilling, uh, you know, whatever that looks like in our individual lives, um, th that's that's the gap. That's the gap we have to close and we have to eradicate. We have to put our boots on the necks of those demons in our lives that keep us from, you know, saying, here I am, Lord, send me. You know, and, and our hesitancy to obey the words of Christ um, not only hinder our own testimony, but they give the enemy and the scoffers and the, the God-haters the ammo to go after us as hypocrites because, you know, oh, it's, they're just a bunch of religious nuts. You know, it's, they're all talk, no action. So Betty has her hand up. Betty has a comment. I do. And I, I, I do hand out um, the Armor of God Challenge coins, and I get a lot of compliments on them. And uh, we need to put the Armor of God on. We need to tighten it. We don't need it to be loosely fit on us. People, they they need to realize that fear is a liar. And that fear, the only fear that we should have is the fear of the Lord. So um, I'd like to tell you a little testimony that happened in Louisville. Thought of you, John. <laughs> and uh, being courageous, you know, and getting out there. And uh, I was helping David Havener on his film. And uh, Reba Gil Gilbert, she's the costume lady. And so she said, let's go get some race for this Reese, which is Coach Dave's granddaughter. So we went to a Dollar Tree or whatever it was. And we walked in and I said, excuse me, to three black girls that were, oh, 13, 14, 15 years old or whatever. A little bit of an attitude. And I says, oh, I love your braids. And this one girl screamed out and says, I don't like you. Hmm. So I just kind of stopped and I'm going, okay. So I turned around and I told you, you know, I love you. And you know what? Jesus loves you. And I started turning around to walk away when I went, hey. And I think they heard me in the next state because I said, how can you say something like that to me? And you don't even know me. My blood is red. My heart is good. I'm not even white. I'm actually kind of like tan. Mm How -hmm. can you say that to a total stranger? And so I talk, start talking to them, do you know God? And they're going hee-hawing around, you know, and laughing and being, you know, excuse me, jerks like kids can be. And so I said, would you like this armor of God? Well, the other two are going like, well, if she gets one, I want one, you know? So I said, I have, and I prayed over them. So anyway, they left, and we were looking at ribbons and whatever, and here come the grandma with a boy and those three girls, and he goes, is this the woman? I'm going, uh-oh, you know? Well, she wanted to know what happened, and I said, well, I complimented her, and then she, she didn't like me. So I told her I loved her, and I told her Jesus loves you, and, and she says, she says, you need to tell her you're sorry. How can you say that to somebody you don't know? You know better. And she said, I said, no, she doesn't need to say sorry. I think this is quite an experience of its own. I don't think she'll ever, ever forget this. So I ended up giving an armor of God child code to the grandma and the boy. And I said a prayer over them. And it was like, hi, Lord, where did that come from? You know, but I never thought that I would turn around and say, hey, 
where everybody in the other stores heard me because it just kind of made me mad. How can you tell me you don't love me or like me if you don't even know me? You know, and we're and and I also told the grandma, this is what's wrong with the schools, and this is what's wrong with kids and racists and all this other garbage that's going on. People are being lied to, and then they say things like that, and it creates a problem, and people fight or kill each other. And I also told those young girls that I have Native American brothers and sisters because I was in a foster home. They're my brother that are blacker than her, and I would die for her. And I also told her if a shooter came in this store or someone to harm you, you would be behind me because they would have to come through me. I would protect you. That blew her mind. Well done, Betty. Well done. I had a similar experience last week at the UPS store, but we don't have time to get into that. But um, yeah, there are opportunities every day, everywhere you go. And um, just listen to the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit will tell you what to do and give you the words. So it's um, just a matter of stepping out. Once you step out and do it, do what you know you need to do. Um, God provides the way, the means, and um, everyone's blessed. So, Well, I want to say between Coach Dave and you and just so many other people, even John, you know, Mike, Pastor Mike and, and Pastor Neil, in the last two years, I've learned more about the Bible and how to be a I was born again, but nobody ever led me. And then I was in lukewarm churches for 45 years. And I just wasn't getting it. I was empty. And thanks to you all. Which Well, you had the book learning like we all did. We just didn't have the, we just didn't have the, um, the leadership. leadership. You got it. And uh, I got the leadership from coach Dave and uh, I, like you, I learned more in about uh, two weeks of watching Coach Dave for the first time than I learned in 40 years sitting in church. So um, not to impugn all churches, because there are some very good ones. And I would suggest Calvary Chapel in Lima, Ohio as one, but uh, <laughs> go to the one of your choice. So That's Dr. Mike. hours away. What's that? Oh, too far? I said it's like like four and a half hours away. Oh, yeah. Well, priorities, Betty, priorities. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we've got the great equalizer, Rob. It's called the Internet. So we broadcast all of our services live Uh Sundays and Wednesdays. And and I have to tell you something. In the last uh, two and a half, three years, those who join us online are at least – the same number, and I, I think they may be even a little more than what we have in the building itself. Hmm. Well, that's a ministry in itself. That's it a is ministry, a ministry in itself. And um, um, I know that that uh, there are some people that, that are, John was talking about his friend in prison. Um, we send out probably close to 800 uh, copies of our newspaper that go to uh, jail inmates and prison inmates, and some get them individually, some get them through their chaplain, but, um, and then they, they correspond with our writers and it's, it's, uh, lives are being changed. So, um, and I can go on with more testimony, but we are 
15 seconds from being out of time here. So you guys all check us out here. Um, again, get your tickets for our conference at coachdavelive.com slash events. We're using his website because ours is not set up to sell tickets. coachdavelive.com slash events, and you'll find it there. And um, next week, we're going to have Alex Newman with us. And the following week, uh, Sharam Hadian will be with us. And after that, um, it's going to be about time for that conference we're talking about. So you can find Dr. Mike at drmikespalding.com. You can find John at johndislin.com, J-O-H-N-D-Y-S-L-I-N.com. <laughs> Did I get that all right? Well, we, messed up, we messed up once before, johndislin.com. So thank you all for being here. We're out of time. Sorry. Um, but we'll see you next week. God bless. Thank you.